Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the digital wasteland. I know we've talked about some of this before, and we've chided parents for giving their kids access to the internet on cell phones or tablets or laptops and not watching what they do. And this is following, of course, Christmas, just a couple of days ago, where I'm sure many more tablets and cell phones and laptops have been given away, and parents are sitting around thinking they did something good for their child, where I might have a little bit of an argument with that case if they are not being very active in knowing what their children are accessing and what kind of crap they are reading that is being intentionally directed at them on social media sites and other places online. At the risk of sounding like the grumpy old man, when I was a kid, things were a little bit different. If you wanted to bring material into the house to consume in audio, video, text, magazines, these kind of things, You had to bring them into the house. They could be found. Your parents could see what you were reading. Today, that's totally different. And I think this is one of the major differences in my generation and the generation going on today is that your parents are way less engaged with what you're consuming and they think nothing of it, especially if it's, you know, someplace safe. I mean, the, the kids are just on Twitter or they're just on Instagram. Besides the problems that we talked about in the past with privacy and people being able to track your children down from their social media posts, let's just kind of focus today on the crap that is filling their brains. And while I could go off on a whole bunch of different sources, because there are many, the one that was just begging to be used is Teen Vogue. Because they have a Twitter account that is filled with some very interesting stuff. If you're a parent, you definitely want to go check this out and find out if this is the kind of crap that your kids are reading because it is just perverse. It is way progressive. It is very sexual. It is all the things that parents usually think that they can control when their kids find out about things or at least think they should have some kind of a say well teen vogue thinks you're full of shit and they're going to be the ones to tell your kids what is going on in the world now this isn't just a small magazine i mean i don't know if they still have print magazines anymore but they have 3.4 million followers on twitter which is that's a pretty big number there's no way around that there's a pretty big number And a lot of kids are consuming this. So I looked at their Twitter feed and this, believe it or not, are just the topics going back today. We're recording this on December 28th. And this goes back to only to Christmas Eve. So this is stuff from December 24th to the 28th, not even five full days. These are the kind of topics that are being explored and talked about posting links mainly to 
articles on the Teen Vogue website. We have climate change, of course, Black Lives Matter, and of course, Whitey's always wrong, uh, homelessness, activism, forming unions. I mean, because, you know, your kids are probably in a job where they need to worry about having a union formed because this is, again, Teen Vogue. So I don't know where they're forming a union, but sure. LGBTQ, of course, uh, applying false eyelashes, which, you know, I guess that's really important in today's day and age. Living with herpes, how the United States government has basically broken every treaty with indigenous people, how only 13 states have laws for driver's licenses for undocumented immigrants, which I found kind of an interesting thing because the way the world works is if you come into this country, from somewhere else you can bring a license i mean if you're a mexican citizen you can bring a license from mexico and drive in the united states you're from colombia you can bring your colombian license in but the united states up until this point has really never been one on giving driver's licenses to people that are not citizens of the country and this is being changed now of course because well you know, liberal policies, and mainly because you want people to get an ID. Because once you have an ID, then you have to be able to vote, right? Because you have an ID. But we talked about other important things that this account did. AOC's makeup regimen, that's very important. Uh, how moron and words like it are, uh, were used to support racist, classist ideas and to advance white supremacy. So now the word moron, I guess, maybe. If you call somebody a moron, that'll be the next thing is you'll be called a white supremacist. And I would make the case that there are just a lot of morons out there. So I don't know. Is there any language that's not white supremacist to call somebody lacking of intelligence? I don't know. Probably even saying they're lacking of intelligence is probably me using my white privilege and spreading around some of this bad white supremacy juju. Now. The most interesting thing were the articles that were posted on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. Now, Christmas Day was really a great twofer, and I'm sure this is something, you know, if you just gave your kids, and this is Teen Vogue, so I guess this is aimed at children, 13, 14, 15, that you gave your kid, you know, a new tablet, a new phone, you've got to get them on the Twitters following Teen Vogue for such hard-hitting, informative articles that all 13-year-olds need. Welcome to Anal Sex 101 and Oral Sex 101, what you need to know about going down. Yeah, those were posted on Christmas Day by Teen Vogue, and I'm sure we all would like our children learning about anal sex and oral sex on Christmas Day from the wonderful writers of a trashy website like Teen Vogue. You have to be engaged with what your kids are doing, parents. And I would like to tell you, as the dude named Ben, as the tech guy, that there's a way to block these things, but there is not. I mean, there are ways where you can go in to your router and block things like Teen Vogue. Well, you could never get to teenvogue.com. But your kids will find out very easily how to get around that. I mean, you probably gave them a cell phone 
and that doesn't go through your router so they're using your mobile data to go access this information and there's really no way for you to shut that down except hey take the device away from the child they don't need it the argument that kids need smartphones can be shot down very easily with the fact that there are devices that now exist that will let you receive phone calls and make phone calls that don't connect anything else. I mean, even basic texting is probably okay, but you can start getting into problems with that as well. But there are devices out there, phones, very OTG, off the grid, phones that only allow you to text and call. And you don't really even need the texting part. If your kids are really worried that they're going to need to get a hold of you when something bad goes on, that they're going to need to call for help, you want to feel like you're in touch where you can call them at any time to find out where they are. They don't need the smartphone capabilities of their phone because there really is no way for you to find out what they're looking at, except for your kids to tell you the truth. And you know what? They're probably not going to tell you the truth. If they're smart, they'll know how to get rid of their browser history. They'll know how to bypass anything you put in the router. So this comes down to, again, and I hate to tell you this, parents, but you need to put the work in. I know Al Gore didn't want to in that episode where we talked, where Al Gore was like lambasting D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Like, how do you really expect parents to listen to the music that their children are listening to, to know what's in it? I do. I do expect parents to listen to the music, see what their kids are reading, engage with them. And not to give them devices that can access this kind of stuff until they are ready to do so. And what age are they ready to do this now? I don't know. I'm getting some very confusing messages because we're told to believe and listen to high school students about gun policy. So that would be kids anywhere in that, what, 14 to 18 range. We're told to bow down. Greta. She is the new Messiah, the global climate change Messiah, and she's just a young teen as well. But now you'd have to be 21 to be smart enough to buy cigarettes in the country. I don't get it. If we're supposed to be listening to all these whack job kids who think they know what they're talking about in their teens about making policy for the world when it comes down to it, but they're not smart enough to know. You can't, we're not going to allow you to smoke legally. We're not allowing you to drink. I don't get it. What is it? If the kids are that smart and they're going to be our saviors, then why can't they drink, smoke, and have sex at 12 years old? Come on, parents. Is that what you want? Because that's what you're getting when you're letting these kids read this absolute trash that Teen Vogue and other places are putting out there on the internet. But we haven't even talked about Christmas Eve yet. (laughs) The articles that Teen Vogue had on Christmas Eve. Like what your Zodiac sign says about how you like to have sex. And this is how to masturbate if you have a vagina. Also, how to masturbate if you have a penis. 10 tips and techniques. I mean, I didn't even know it was that complicated. I mean, nine tips and techniques. Maybe I should have checked that article out. They also had articles on Christmas Eve. Yes, fat people have sex. Here's how to do it best. That seems like kind of a weird article for Teen Vogue, doesn't it? Also on Christmas Eve, the history of being non-binary. 
people have had non-binary genders for thousands. That's all in caps. Sorry, I yelled. It's nothing new, says Teen Vogue. (laughs) It is something new. And there is only two genders. The science is in. And who are the deniers now? Of course, also on Christmas Eve, there's no such thing as a normal penis. Eight myths to stop believing. (laughs) Yes, Teen Vogue. Aimed at your kids. This is what they had posted on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Oh, and don't forget, capitalism is a huge, all caps, driver of social and economic inequality. So yes, we know capitalism is bad. Don't forget everything you should know about anarchism. And it wasn't over those four days, but I also saw an article in there explaining how Antifa was a great group only doing the job of trying to keep racists from organizing. Yeah, that's what they're telling the kids. That's what Antifa, it's a loving group of people that are just trying to keep those bad racists from organizing. And if you believe that one, I can sell you some swampland in Florida, I'm sure. I mean, there was a really good article about how to take a shower the right way, because I guess maybe teenagers are still confused about soap and water and cleaning themselves. And maybe that would, again, point to some bad parenting. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I'm not too sure how many of your kids are running around just completely dirty because you've never explained to them exactly how to take a shower. But there's more than just this over-the-top sexual content that is out there. And I think a lot of parents should be horrified by this kind of stuff. Beyond that, when they do try to look at these serious issues, Teen Vogue, like all liberals, seem to be either completely ignorant of the facts or just straight-out lying to make their narrative the one that they can push it doesn't really matter if they're ignorant or just complicit in a lie the fact is they are spreading the kind of disinformation that will eventually take this country down here in the united states if this kind of stuff is not corrected with your children and this is something that i've talked about before for years going back to a podcast i did years and years and years ago called common man common sense when we discussed the three-fifths clause of the Constitution, and this article on Teen Vogue, we quote with a quick history lesson, the Electoral College is tied to slavery. It was designed to grant these slave states more influence. Now, anybody that knows history and understands the three-fifths clause knows that that is an absolute and utter lie. It was not designed to grant slave states more influence. It was designed to grant slave states less influence. And it's easy for morons, and yeah, I know they're saying that's a white supremacist thing. No, stupid people to say this and not understand that at the time, the world was a different place. And saying that a slave was only going to be counted as three-fifths of a person 
when it came to your population, when it came to your census, when it came to how many people you would have representing your state in Congress, you would understand that at the time, slaves could not vote. This is of vital importance. Slaves could not vote. So counting them as anything at all would give the slave states more power. The states that wanted slavery would keep more power the more you counted these slaves as people. We're talking about a horrible point in the history of the United States, but the truth of the matter is that without the three-fifths clause, you still may have slavery today. Because this is one of the biggest things that allowed it to topple. Propagating the lie that the exact opposite is true, again, is either ignorance or pushing a narrative that is nothing more than political, and that is just sick and wrong in all sorts of different ways. But it's very simple math. If the state has power based upon population, again, at a time, when slaves could not vote, if you counted every slave as part of the population, all those votes were going to the white people who wanted slavery. It would have been better for these slaves, instead of being three-fifths of a person, to be zero of a person. Understand the simple math. We're not talking about somebody's worth. We're talking about politics, and we're talking about using somebody who cannot vote as a way for people to gain more power. And I really hope if you ever hear somebody make this argument on the three-fifths clause that you literally smack them in the head and tell them how utterly wrong and ignorant that they are because it's not doing anybody any good to keep buying into these lies. But Teen Vogue makes their politics very clear in things like an article what the prison abolition movement wants. It's an op-ed about how we should live in a world without prisons. And this is something, if you live in a place like I do, just outside of Chirac, you know there's a lot of crime going on. And you start asking yourself, well, what would we do in a world without prisons? What would happen to all these people that are committing crimes? And this is a valid question, I think. Prisons are there as a way to provide a deterrent for people to not commit a crime. We are a nation of laws. And if you're going to get rid of prisons, then why don't you just get rid of all laws? We can go back to the Wild West where people could just shoot each other and nobody even blinks twice. But as a nation of laws, you have to have a way to enforce those laws. And prison so far, is the best punishment that anybody's come up with because that's all there is. You do your time. You, sometimes you can't take anything away from people except their time, and this is the deterrent that's the best that's been come up with. If somebody can come up with something better, heck, I think we're all willing to listen. But pushing a pie-in-the-sky world where we can take prisons away and we can just worry instead about why people do these things. And this is what this whole article kind of stemmed down to is 
well, you know, people will ask, well, what are we going to do about the murderers and rapists? And they're like, well, they're still out in your neighborhoods now. And that's not really a logical answer to the question, because until people actually do something, you cannot punish them. But the concept that we are able to somehow prevent these crimes from happening by enacting some kind of social programs that will make it so nobody will ever want to steal, rape, murder, never going to happen. It's the human condition. I'm sorry, folks. I hate to break this one to you in the Christmas season, but we're all flawed individuals. We're all emotional individuals. Some of us can handle their high a little bit better than others. And people are going to get angry about different things. I mean, politics right now is one of the big ones, but there are things that are going to trigger people that are going to make them mad. We see it in road rage. We see it in relationships gone bad all of the time. And I think there has to be some kind of punishment. And the concept that prisons are unfair and obsolete, I just don't know how any thinking person can believe that. But this goes way further than just believing that somebody who commits a crime should be incarcerated. It goes further. Prison abolitionists call for dismantling the police and immigration and custom enforcement, this article on Teen Vogue says, and redistributing the resources used to fund them back into housing, health, and economic opportunities for underserved communities who suffer most from systemic inequality and deprivation. Okay, well, this doesn't really sound like you're worried about crimes being committed as much as socialism. And it really, the next paragraph, if you thought that along with me when reading that, makes this crystal clear. They also point towards the U.S. capitalist economic system as a major cause of the conditions that have led to the current crisis of mass incarceration. So it's capitalism they're blaming for why people go to jail. If there's no capitalism, I mean, there would be no reason for anybody ever to go to jail. Because if you get rid of capitalism, nobody's ever getting raped somehow. Nobody's ever getting killed somehow. Nobody's ever taking your stuff somehow. I don't quite understand that. Quote, capitalism has to go. Abolitionist and educator Miriam Kaba told MSNBC's Chris Hayes, it has to be abolished. We live within a system that's got all of these isms. And we're going to have to uproot those. So we're doing work every single day to set the conditions for the possibility of that alternative vision of a world without prisons, policing, and surveillance. <laughs> and surveillance? Man, Mariam Kaba, where the hell have you been? Do you not see the ring doorbells everywhere? Do you not see the cameras everywhere you go? Do you not know your cell phone's watching you and listening to you and there's talking tubes everywhere? listening to every word uttered if you want to get rid of surveillance you have to do more than get rid of the prisons you have to get rid of all tech and if we got rid of all tech how would we read this trash on teenvogue.com i don't know is the prison system perfect no but i'm waiting to hear a better idea that people still fear because a lot of people don't even fear going to prison 
which is something that we've talked about when we have the issues of gun crime, murder, rape, where you ask these people then, well, okay, so you must, must, must be in favor of the death penalty for some of these horrendous crimes. And they turn around and give you the answer of no. And I'm sorry, just like kids, if there's no repercussions for your bad behavior, you're going to do whatever the hell you want. And there have to be repercussions and there has to be punishment because people of all ages are going to do bad things and to live in a society. We need to be able to control those things. But you look at the kind of topics that you're getting on Teen Vogue and you'll see exactly the narrative that's being pushed. Religion is out. The family is out. Sex is in. Do whatever makes you feel good. Say you are whatever you are. Nobody can tell you anything different. If it feels good, do it, man. And that just is a recipe for disaster. And I would think that these are all things that parents would want to know that their kids are consuming these types of articles, these types of topics, these very adult things that are being pushed in a teen magazine with some of the most insane leftist liberal ideology that I've seen from any magazine. Again, parents, I hate to tell you this, your job is hard. Keeping up with what your kids are consuming and what they believe and learning, even though the facts, like the three-fifths clause stuff, just are not true, you need to keep on top of these things. And I don't know what the right age is. I think every kid is probably different as far as what they can handle, but giving your children these devices that can access the internet at preteen ages or 13, 14, 15, 16 even to allow them to access this kind of stuff, to access the utter vile things that are on the internet. And I hate to tell you, there's porn everywhere. There's a lot of vile stuff. You can get anything you want on the internet. That wasn't the case when I was a kid. There was no internet. You just couldn't randomly stumble upon some kind of very vile, pornographic, crazy content. It just didn't happen. So parents today have all sorts of new issues to deal with. The technology, maybe they don't understand. They think their kids are smarter or your kid would never do that. They probably would. Their friends are going to show them something. They're going to get involved in something. They're going to make a sex tape. They're going to send some selfies to a friend that they shouldn't. And they're going to be indoctrinated by the likes of Teen Vogue under the guise of being a shiny teen fashion magazine. Uh, I don't know. This seems to me to be some very dangerous propaganda. And parents, you got to keep an eye open and looking into 2020, make that a resolution that you actually keep engage with your kids. Watch what they're doing. And if they're too young, don't give them one of these damn devices. Give them a smartphone so they can contact you if they need to. But otherwise, keep them off the cesspool that is the Internet. Give them an actual book to read. It'll be a hell of a lot healthier than consuming Teen Vogue, Twitter, Instagram, and the other crap on the Internet. With that, I want to thank everybody for coming along on this ride that has been random thoughts for me here over the last year and a half, two years or so. 
the episodes are piling up and I am having a whole lot of fun. And it's always great to hear from you. If you want to reach out random thoughts, podcast at gmail.com random podcast, R E N D U M B of course, podcast at Twitter. That's cesspool that it is, or my personal Twitter account, Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L or head over to noagendasocial.com, a place that is much better than Twitter with much better people and much better conversations. If you need an invite to get onto that, just go to the random thoughts page. You will find one there along with that donation button, which helps us keep the lights on and the microphones humming and everything sounding as good as it can. And also, you can find all of those subscribe buttons where you can get the podcast on your favorite apps or email to you so you don't miss an episode. I hope everybody has a great New Year's Eve heading into a great 2020. Be careful out there. People are a little bit crazy. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.